What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the latest Carolina Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Turner, back again with another episode. Excited to be back on, like I've said for the past couple weeks, trying to get on here about every Friday of the week and do a little podcast for y'all, talk about what's going on around Carolina basketball and and what's going on around Carolina football as well. And that's going to be the basis of today's show. Obviously, North Carolina, uh, third ACC basketball game of the season tomorrow in Chapel Hill against Louisville. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about the win over State and Pittsburgh. And we're also going to talk about North Carolina football, finalizing the last few hires, Mac Brown, uh, putting together what he described as the best staff he's put together in 30 years. So big, big statement from the Hall of Fame coach, and I'm excited to get on here and talk about that. But first, let's start with basketball. North Carolina currently sitting at 12-3 and on the season, uh, 2-0 in the ACC after opening victories over Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh, and at North Carolina State on Tuesday of this week. Uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Pitt game. North Carolina opened their ACC uh, schedule with the 85-60 to win in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania over the Panthers. Uh, Kobe White led all scores with 22 points. Uh, had a really, really solid outing. Kobe White, for me, is Carolina's best overall player. And I know that's maybe a little bit of a bold statement with the likes of Luke May, Cam Johnson on the team, who Cam Johnson is obviously leading the team in points, and Luke May's averaging a double-double preseason All-ACC player, uh, player of the year, excuse me, uh, preseason All-American kind of guy. But for me, Kobe White's just an alpha dog. It's how I like to describe him. I think he doesn't like losing. You can see that. And I think some of the players on the team obviously don't like losing either, but you can see it visibly with Kobe White and how he plays. Uh, Kobe White's also an elite scorer. He's a leading scorer in high school, North Carolina high school basketball history. I think I mentioned that on here about 500 times um, because it's such a cool stat. I mean, it's not nobody except him can say that. So Kobe White, 20, 27 minutes against the Panthers, had 22 points. 8 of 15 shooting. Needs to cut a little bit down the turnovers. Still had five turnovers, only three assists. So his assist turnover ratios, that's not great. But if Kobe White can just cut down on the turnovers, he's doing everything else at such an elite level. The way he runs Carolina's offense, you don't ever see Roy Williams getting on him too much. He kind of has the reins to do what he's do what he wants. And I've said it on Twitter and I've talked to my dad about it, talked to my friends, Carolina fans about it. Kobe White's the best freshman point guard of all time at North Carolina. And I challenge anybody else to argue that with me. A lot of people say Phil Ford, but Phil Ford couldn't play as a freshman at Carolina. So technically his first year was a sophomore. So he doesn't count. I mean, he was obviously an amazing player. But for me, Kobe White is the best true freshman point guard ever at Carolina. Marcus Page was good. It wasn't what Kobe White was doing. Joel Berry wasn't anywhere near what Kobe White was doing his freshman year. Joel Berry was struggling his freshman year. Didn't really matter. He turned out to be great, but still uh, didn't do much his freshman year. Kendall Marshall didn't play a lot his freshman year. Um, so it's it's things like that that kind of show me that, hey, Kobe White, I don't know who else I'm comparing him to because he really is the best freshman point guard I've ever seen at Carolina. Ray Felton is up there, wasn't as elite as, as Kobe White. Ty Lawson was didn't put up huge numbers his freshman year. And, and obviously he's not the greatest point guard to ever play at North Carolina, not even close. But if Kobe White stays for maybe two more seasons, fingers crossed, and continues to develop – he could go down as the greatest Carolina point guard of all time because right now, I mean, you just look at his stat line right now. Kobe White um, is only he's played in one less game, so only 14 games. He didn't miss one game. Uh, I believe it was a UNCW game with injury, ankle injury or something like that. But if you look at his stat line in the 14 games he has played, he's averaging 15 points, 
three turnovers, like I said, he cut down a little bit on that, but four assists, three rebounds. Um, you know, he's shooting 43% from the floor. I mean, what, what more can you ask from your true freshman point guard? Uh, second on the team in scoring right now. So, I mean, Kobe White has been very good. He was very good against Pitt. He was very good against State, which we'll talk about in a second. But going back to that Pittsburgh game, um, Kenny Williams had an off day. He didn't play a lot because of foul trouble. And Sterling Manley obviously out. He's missed the last few games with a knee injury. Hopefully that doesn't keep him out for too long. But right now it's really not looking good where Williams doesn't really have an answer for how long he'll be out. And then when when that's the case, that kind of worries me a little bit because Roy's not scared. He's not like Fedora to talk about injuries. Um, he, he'll tell you. And the fact that he just doesn't know or won't tell us that he knows, I think he I think he truly just really doesn't know how long he'll be out. It is not a good sign for North Carolina, but uh, Garrison Brooks has done a great job of stepping out. Uh, Roy Williams described him as sensational after the NC State game and was very, very happy with his play after the Pittsburgh game as well. So Garrison Brooks, 28 minutes against the Panthers, nine points, eight rebounds. And if he can just do that consistently, it just makes this Carolina team a lot better. He also had five assists. And I've said this before, but Carolina does not need Garrison Brooks to come in and drop 20 and 10 every game. They don't need it. They just need him to come in and have a stat line, an honest stat line, like nine points, eight rebounds, five assists. I mean, that's really good for him. And that's going to make this Carolina team even better. So if they can continue to get that kind of production out of Garrison Brooks, which they have over the past few games. And this Carolina team is going to reap the benefits for it. And they're going to improve a lot because of it. Luke May, 26 minutes, 17 points, 11 rebounds. I mean, he's averaging a double-double right now. Luke May has just been very solid this year, very consistent this year. Hasn't put up huge numbers yet, but in the last few games, I think he's been exceptional. He's done some really good things. Stepped outside, hit shots, continuously getting rebounds, right place, right time. Um, he's just a fun player to watch. And Luke May is the greatest Carolina walk-on of all time. So there's a kind of if you think about it, Carolina arguably right now has the greatest walk-on of all time in North Carolina. Not even close with Luke May. And the greatest freshman point guard, arguably, at Carolina right now. on the Both on the same roster. This is a fun team to watch, guys. And probably the best graduate transfer as well with Cam Johnson. So you got three goats on this team when you think about it. It's, it's pretty cool when you think about it. And it's, it's a fun team to watch. And I think it's because it has so many pieces that are not only unique, but are also very, very talented. So back to Cam Johnson, though. Or excuse me, back to Luke May. 29 minutes, 15 points a game, 10 rebounds a game. He's averaging a double-double. I mean, the whole of last year, he averaged 17 points. 10 rebounds. Right now, he's averaging 15 points, 10 rebounds. So, I mean, if he keeps his stat line up, if he can just raise that point total up just a little bit, he's going to be back in that conversation for All-American, uh, All-ACC type type guy again, which um, he's not putting up the 25 and 10 that maybe you'd see from an ACC player of the year. So, I don't know if he'll get that, but still early and you know, the way he's playing right now, I mean, he's, he's definitely on track for for at least getting all first team all ACC and maybe even first team all American, so hopefully Luke May will keep that up. Cam Johnson, thirty minutes, fifteen points in his return to Pittsburgh, nine rebounds, just a good stat line from Cam Johnson. Obviously, like I said, he's leading the team in scoring right now, averaging sixteen point two points on the year, six rebounds. So I've been very impressed with what Cam Johnson's done. He obviously went down with a little bit of an injury, little not as bad as we might have thought it was at first at NC State ended up just being cramps he didn't return he did come back on the bench but he didn't play again uh but Cam Johnson's just been a revelation for North Carolina as well and I mean there's three guys on the starting lineup that are averaging double digits uh above 14 points a game and then you've got Nazir Little not far behind who was in double figures but didn't have the greatest game against the Wolfpack so dropped him down uh below 10 again but 
Kenny Williams averaging in the nines again, but this Carolina team can score the ball, and they're going to need to continue to score the ball if they want to continue to be successful. I'm looking at the bench, Nazir Little, six points, uh, two assists, not the biggest stat line for him, 18 minutes. He thought he struggled a lot in the NC State game, which we'll talk about, like I said, in a second. But nonetheless, Nazir Little, not a huge stat line against Pittsburgh, but did some nice things as well. Brandon Robinson thought he was been very good the past few games, five points in 15 minutes, two rebounds, one assist, um, doing some good things. Seventh Woods, 11 minutes, four points. Uh, always a steady guy to come in, kind of steady the ship. Leaky Black, 16 minutes, two points. So North Carolina is getting production from their bench as well. Not huge production, but they're getting production. And then the starting lineup's doing what they need to do. But, you know, 85-60 victory over Pitt. Not a whole lot to talk about. North Carolina was just a better team. Carolina played some really good defense at times, and Pittsburgh flat out cannot shoot the ball. I mean, you look at Pittsburgh, they only shot 30% from the floor. Uh, versus Carolina's 43.2%. Uh, if you do that in a game, you're going to beat the opposition nine times out of ten. So North Carolina, good opening road win to, to start ACC season. And then they went on the road again this week to Raleigh to play the Wolfpack on Tuesday night. Came out victorious 92-82 over the Wolfpack. Good win for North Carolina on the road in a hostile environment. You can't really ask for anything else. I mean, NC State didn't lead at all during the game in 40 minutes of play. They never had the lead. I think they got it down to two or four late in the game. But North Carolina was pretty much in control for a majority of this matchup. If you look at the stat line, five of Carolina starters, so all five of Carolina starters were in double figures. Luke May, 21 points, 11 rebounds, another double-double for him. Garrison Brooks, 11 points, 7 rebounds. Pitched in five assists as well last two games against Pittsburgh and NC State. He's had 10 assists and no turnovers. Roy Williams pointed that one out very fast after the uh, in his press conference after the win. Um, described him as sensational. So, like I've been saying, man, if, if they can just continue to get that production out of Garrison Brooks, this team's going to be so much better. They don't need elite production from him. They just need him to be solid and do things like maybe 10 points every once in a while. Give me seven rebounds. Can you do that for me? then Carolina's going to be better. And I'm sure that's what Roy Williams is telling them, but I can't preach that enough and how much better this Carolina team is when they've got a big man besides Luke May that is putting up numbers. Not huge numbers, but just putting up consistent, positive numbers for his team. So Garrison Brooks, another really, really good performance. Uh, Cam Johnson, 23 minutes, obviously went out with that injury late, didn't return, should be fine, just ended up being cramps. But 15 points in 23 minutes, uh, seven, excuse me, 11 rebounds, so a double-double for Cam Johnson. I mean, just can't say enough about the graduate transfer. He's been great this year. Was good last year, but he's been great this year. So hopefully he'll keep that up. Kenny Williams uh, played the second most minutes on the team. 34 minutes, 15 points, 10 rebounds, double-double for Kenny. And I mean, if you just look at this Carolina stat line, you've got three guys had double-doubles, and you've got your other two starters, Brooks, 11.7 rebounds, great stat line for him. Then you've got Kobe White, 30 minutes, 19 points, uh, five turnovers, that's not a good stat. With Only had uh, four assists, so got to cut down on those turnovers. But besides that, I mean, 19 points, four assists. He's just been five rebounds as well for Kobe White. If Carolina gets that production from their starting five every game, they're going to be extremely hard to beat. And I know State's not a great team. They don't have a lot of height. They're, they have a good record right now. But they haven't really played anybody. Best win they've got over Auburn at home, who isn't that great. I mean, Auburn got waxed a couple days ago by Ole Miss. In, in Mississippi, so Auburn's a little bit overrated. Can't give them too much credit. But if Carolina gets five guys scoring in double figures on a consistent basis and then have three of those guys 
getting triple doubles. I mean, this team is going to be very, very hard to beat. I mean, NC State was a test. They're going to have harder tests. But NC State, I mean, NC State fans, NC State players, anybody involved in NC State absolutely hates Carolina. NC State people would rather see Carolina fail than NC State succeed, and I really do mean that. And I really don't have a lot of hatred towards NC State. I just don't really like their fans. Not all of them. I have some great, you know, some of my best friends are NC State fans. But I also have met a lot of state fans that are just flat out ridiculous with some of the stuff they've said and some of the ways they act uh, towards Carolina fans. So I have lost a little bit of respect on that inform. But, I mean, Carolina absolutely dominated state from start to finish. State kept it close, but they were never really in it too much when they had an opportunity to maybe tie the game or take a, a one-point, two-point lead. They missed shots, and Carolina responded quickly. So Carolina can't stress enough about how good this team looked against NC State at times. They also had some runs where they let NC State get back into it, which was not what they needed to do. Uh, had some stupid turnovers at times, some lazy play at times. But overall, I think against State, that was definitely one of their top three performances of the year, Gonzaga being number one. Um I think NC State might have been the second best performance of the year. I thought Pittsburgh was really good as well, but I mean Pittsburgh just couldn't shoot the ball at all either. So hard to tell, but North Carolina State didn't look great in this game. At times they looked good, but it was kind of – I said it after the game to some of my friends, but I think NC State just kind of pulled an NC State. They came into the game way too overhyped. They got behind what – I think they got behind like 16-4 to early. Don't quote me on that. It was something crazy like that, 12 nothing, I believe, and just never really were able – to get in the game and get a strong foothold on the game, never took the lead. And I think that just kind of says enough about the game right there because Carolina was really in control for a majority of it. Got interesting at the end, but overall, North Carolina took care of NC State in Raleigh. Uh, Nazir Little, 17 minutes, two points, only two rebounds, no assists, two turnovers. I thought Nazir Little looked shell-shocked a little bit. He looked a little bit nervous during the game. He looked... Like the occasion was maybe a little bit too big for him, lacking a lot of confidence right now. And that's just unfortunate from Nazir Little. I think a lot of that has come from the external pressure and the fans, um, haters talking about him, people writing articles about him, like the Bleacher Report article. And it was a good article, but I mean, you got a, you know, a, over a thousand word piece on Nazir Little and about how he's not performing. I mean, that's going to affect a kid that's 19 years old. I'm sorry. But still, Nazir Little. I'm waiting for him to have that breakout game. I know he will. There's no doubt in my mind he will. And when he does, look out because I think he's not never going to look back and he's going to continue to develop and get better and better and better at North Carolina. Hasn't had it yet. I think, unfortunately for him, NC State game was a little bit of a low point, but it's only up from here. And I, like I said, I know Nazir Little will, will be fine. But right now, he's not playing great basketball. He's overthinking things. Uh, but like I said, a lot of it is external pressures, and a lot of it is just trying to adjust to a game that's different. Kobe White's done a great job of adjusting. Leaky Black arguably is playing to his full, but not full potential right now, but is doing some really, really good things and playing at a high level based on the kind of player he is. And, you know, Nazir Little, the other freshman isn't. But, you know, he's so talented. He's still averaging nine points a game, still putting up a, a decent stat line. I mean, it's not like he's not doing anything. Uh, like I said, still averaging nine points a game, four rebounds one assist so not a huge stat line but I'm going to keep saying it till it happens because I know it will Nazir Little will have that breakout game and when he does ACC teams better look out because I don't think he's going to look back he's going to continue to just skyrocket and be successful so when that happens we'll have our fingers crossed I know it will but when that happens it's going to be fun to watch Brandon Robinson 16 minutes three points one assist 
uh, no turnovers, two blocks. So I think Brandon Robinson not doing a, a huge stat line by any means, but he's coming in, and like Roy Williams says, he's being a net positive for this team. He's being a positive player for this team. He's not hurting the team. He's helping the team. So good good minutes from Brandon Robinson over the past few games, and he's made some good contributions as well. Leaky Black, 10 minutes, four points, uh, two turnovers, and he's a cut down on that. Um, but overall, just a good game from Leaky Black. Like I said, he's not putting up gaudy numbers, not being flashy, but he's so steady. He rarely messes up. I know one play in particular against State where I think Beverly, Braxton Beverly, switched on Leaky Black, and Leaky immediately posted him up and hit a jumper. And it was a smart play because Leaky's a 6'8 guy, 6'7 guy, 6'7 guard going against Braxton Beverly, who's six foot. So, you know, just a smart player. Um, very, very high basketball IQ, and is just a guy that steadies the ship and rarely messes up. So can't really ask more from a freshman like that. Uh, seventh Woods, eight minutes, no points, three turnovers, one rebound, one steal. Not a great game by Seventh Woods. He looked a little bit shaky as well, kind of like Nazir for some reason. Um, but when you've got five of your starters in double figures, uh, five of your, three of your starters uh, double-doubles, you don't really need your bench to have too much production. Uh, but – one big stat line that Carolina needs to cut down on, 23 turnovers. They have to be better. State only had 13. And just imagine, Carolina had 23 turnovers, 10 more than NC State, and NC State never led. Just imagine if Carolina can cut those in half. Carolina gets 13 turnovers. I mean, they end up winning this game by 20 points. So it's just it's little things like that that Carolina's got to improve on, and I think they will continue to improve on uh, going into the rest of ACC season. Uh, but that's going to do it for us talking about basketball. Obviously, Carolina – has that big game against Louisville this week. Uh, tomorrow, actually, at noon, uh, ESPN will be televising that one. It's an early game. But Louisville, a team that I fully expect Carolina to beat. Uh, Louisville is sitting at 10-5 and on the year, 1-1 one one in the ACC. They obviously uh, lost their last ACC game to a, a decent but not great Pittsburgh team. I think Pittsburgh didn't play very well. They didn't shoot well against Carolina. I think Pittsburgh's better than they looked like against Carolina. But Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh beat Louisville by three points. And then um, Louisville at home beat Miami in the first uh, ACC game of the year, 90-73. to Miami's a team that's like 8-7, and seven, struggling mightily right now. Be interesting to see if Jim Laranega is still there at the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get fired at some point because that team has a lot of talent, but... Flat out, they're just not playing very well right now. But Louisville, 10 and 5, 1 and 1 and 1 in the ACC. Um, they played some decent teams. They beat Michigan State earlier this year. That was a good win. They lost to Tennessee by 11, who was ranked number five at the time. Uh, they lost in Indiana in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And they lost to Kentucky a couple weeks ago, 71 to uh, 58. So Louisville is a little bit of an up and down team. Obviously, a uh, first year coach. Uh, Rick Pitino, obviously that controversy coming on a few years ago, definitely set this program back a little bit. But Chris Mack in his first year at Louisville is doing some decent things. And it's going to always take a, it's a little bit of a rebuilding process with how things went down at Louisville a few years ago. But I think Louisville is a team that's going to be kind of a middle of the table ACC team. Uh, but, you know, coming to Chapel Hill, I fully expect this North Carolina team to handle Louisville pretty easily. I uh, wouldn't be surprised to if I had to give a score prediction, I'm going to go with a 90 to 75 win over Louisville. I think Carolina handles them pretty easily. Uh, probably stays close for a little bit uh, early second half, definitely through the first half. I think Carolina pulls away a little bit at the end, maybe a little bit similar to what they did against State. But like I said, biggest thing for me that I'm looking for for Carolina is 
Can Cam Johnson, Luke May, Kobe White continue to put up good points? Can Garrison Brooks continue to be steady, give us eight points, eight rebounds? Can he do that? Um, and can Kenny Williams continue to find his stroke, 15 points against uh, against the Wolfpack? Can he maybe pitch in 10-plus every game and just continue to help this team out? If they can do that, uh, I think it'll be an easy, easy win over Louisville on Saturday, and, and Carolina will be 3-0 and in the ACC and, and, and have a very good shot of, of being 5-0 and with uh, the next game at home against uh, Notre Dame, excuse me, after the Louisville game, and then they go on the road to a, a struggling Miami team. So Carolina's got a very, very legitimate chance to start out 5-0, and and like me and Brandon mentioned in the last podcast we did, we fully expect them to be 5-0, and and arguably after that state win, they should be 5-0. and They should not be losing to Notre Dame at home, should not be losing to Louisville at home, and right now, based on how Miami's looking, it's been a tricky contest in the past, but they should not be losing to Miami on the road based on how they've been playing this season. So Carolina said it once, said it twice. I'm going to say it three times. 5-0 is a legitimate prospect, is a legitimate goal for North Carolina. And if they can do that, it'd be a great start to the ACC season. Undefeated, as good as you can ask for. So let's move on real quick to football. Didn't want to focus too much on Louisville because I think it should be an easy win. I mean, at home against a 10-5 and average Louisville team, Carolina should be winning that one eight, 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 nine times out of 10. So let's go ahead and talk about the football uh, side of things. Carolina yesterday finalized their staff, full staff now for North Carolina football. Going to go ahead and run through it real quick, talk about some new additions. Mac Brown, head coach, Tim Brewster, assistant head coach, tight ends. I love Tim Brewster. Uh, one of the best, Mac Brown described him as the best recruiter in the country. I believe it. He was previously at Texas A&M. Um, NFL stints, coach Antonio Gates back in the NFL. So great tight ends coach as well. Phil Longo, formerly at Ole Miss. He's going to be the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Going to be really fun to watch Carolina run that air raid type offense. Mac Brown said uh, during National Signing Day that he wants Carolina to play like Oklahoma. So it's a bold statement. He's got some good, good quarterbacks with Sam Howe, Cade Fortin, um, Jace Ruder back there that I think either any of them could do it. It'll be interesting to see what quarterback gets to start going into the 2019 season, but going to be fun to watch Phil Longo's air raid uh, style offense. Jay Bateman, co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach coming from Army. Uh, he's co-defensive coordinator with Thigpen, but I'm, Thigpen's never been a defensive coordinator before. So I think Jay Bateman is going to be leading that. I know it says co-DC for both of them, but still Jay Bateman is going to be in charge of that for me and Top 10 defense at Army this year. Army was just great. I think they finished 10 and 3. Um, beat Navy. Won their bowl game as well. I uh, forgot who they played in the bowl game. Maybe Houston. Can't remember off the top of my head, but whooped somebody in their bowl game. So, Jay Bateman, I, I'm really excited to see this Carolina defense. He said in the video that North Carolina football released yesterday, which you haven't seen, go check it out. Tim Cross is an absolute animal. He was born an animal, as he likes to say. And Mac Brown just helped unleash it. It was a hilarious video, but it got me ready to run through a brick wall for those guys. But um, Jay Bateman said in that video as well that Carolina's going to play some good defense. And he flat out came out and said it, and there was no other way around it. So excited for that. Tommy Thigpen, like I mentioned, co-defensive coordinator, inside linebackers guy. Good to have a guy that was on Fedora's staff that's, that played at Carolina to Brown back at, uh, here in Chapel Hill. Uh, gives a little bit of continuity for the players. The players already know him. And he's already related to Carolina football and has a huge connection to Carolina football and Mac Brown. So excited to see what Tommy Thigpen can do as the co-DC. But, I mean, he's a Carolina legend in a lot of ways. So it's always good to have guys like that on your staff. Scott Boone, 
One of the new hires, special teams coordinator and outside linebackers coach Boone previously was at Wake Forest when he was like an offensive analyst. But, I mean, he's had a huge coaching history. Um, he was a head coach before. Has been at some some big schools across the country, but he's been coaching for over 30 years. So Scott Boone, a guy that I'm excited. Don't know a lot about, but seems like a solid guy. And seems like a guy that if Mac Brown likes him, I like him. And, and I think Scott Boone's going to do a good job. Dre Blyde, cornerbacks coach. Carolina legend, don't really need to say anything more than that. First real coaching experience at the college level. He was previously coaching some high school ball uh, in Charlotte. But Dre Bly, I mean, if Dre Bly can't get guys to come play for Carolina, then no one can. So I think Dre Bly is going to be really, really important in the recruiting trail. But I think he also has the ability to be a great cornerbacks coach. I mean, he's the greatest to ever do it at North Carolina, a bar none, hands down. And he's one of the greatest in the ACC. And he's a national uh, college Hall of Fame guy, uh, played in the football NFL for a while, won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, Dre Bly is a guy that's been around the block, and he's a, he's a great at his position. So if these Carolina cornerbacks can't improve under him, then they're not going to be able to improve under anybody. So Dre Bly, I think he's going to be a big, big recruiting guy. I think he's going to be a solid coach, but only time will tell. But he's going to be a guy that's just going to hype everybody up and get everybody ready to run through a brick wall for this North Carolina team. So Tim Cross, Absolutely loved him in the video. You can check that out on my Twitter if you haven't. I retweeted it uh, at Jacob Turner THI. Go check that out. Great video, Tim Cross, defensive line coach. Previously came from Air Force. And man, man, is he a guy that he just looks like you want to play for. He was fired up. He was interacting with the guys. He was ready to go. I mean, I know I saw tons of Carolina fans retweeting that video. And Thinking last night had been out for two hours and already had over 35,000 views. So great publicity for the North Carolina football team. Great move by North Carolina football to put a video like that out, introducing the coaching staff to the players. I think it was their first meeting of 2019. But Tim Cross is a guy that I don't know a lot about. But after watching that video, man, seems like a great guy to want to play for and a great guy that's going to come in and do some really good things for this team. So Tim Cross, D-line coach. You know, everybody knows if you want to be a great team, you got to have a good D-line. So his position is going to be important, and hopefully he can continue to develop some of the real, real talent that he already has on that defensive line. Uh, Lonnie Galloway, wide receivers coach, um, is a North Carolina guy, not a UNC guy, but a North Carolina guy. Played at Western Carolina. I think he coached there for a little bit too. But according to some people, he's one of the best recruiters in the country as well. He was at Louisville for a little bit. and forgot, I heard some kind of story, but someone said that they used to recruit against Galloway and a lot of people would say if you were recruiting against Galloway, you didn't want to be because he was just such a good recruiter. So Lonnie Galloway, they combine him with Tim Brewster, Dre Bly, and obviously Mac Brown, and you've got one of the best group of recruiters in the country. So big, big shout-out to Mac Brown, and big, big kudos to Mac Brown for putting together not only a staff that can coach, but a staff that can recruit very, very well. So Lonnie Galloway, wide receivers coach, he's got a lot of talent in that position. Hopefully he can continue to develop them. Robert Gillespie. Remained on staff from Fedora, uh, running backs coach. Well, I don't know how long he was here, maybe a year or two uh, under Fedora. But Gillespie, I mean, he done a great job with the running back core. Carolina's always recruited well at running back. They've got Antonio Williams, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Jordan Brown, all back there. And, I mean, it's, they just, he's got a great group to work with. There's no real need to make a change there. So excited to see what Gillespie can, can continue to do with this running back group. And it's always good to see – Guys retained like Gillespie, like the, uh, the likes of um, Tommy Thigpen. I think it just helps Carolina to have some continuity going in. Obviously, everybody else is pretty new. A.J. Blue remained on staff as an assistant strength and conditioning coach, but 
those three guys alone are going to bring a little bit of continuity, a little bit of familiarity to this North Carolina team. And I think it'll make the transition uh, to a new coaching staff at, at a majority of the other positions a little bit smoother. So Robert Gillespie, glad to see him back and hopefully he'll continue to develop those running backs. Stacey Searles, offensive line coach, came from Miami, uh, was under Mark Rick at Miami, but obviously Rick uh, retired. So Searles was kind of on the market, previously coached under Mac Brown at Texas, I believe, from I want to say it was 2011 to 2013. Uh, so not the greatest years for Mac Brown at Texas, but Searles is a guy that's been around the block, tons and tons of coaching experience uh, for all accounts. And for what I know, he's a great offensive line coach. So Searles got a big job to do. I mean, he's got a lot of talent at that O-line position. But for me, like I said with Tim Cross at the D-line position, if you don't have a good offensive line, you're not going to be a good team. So a lot of pressure on Searles, but I know Mac Brown is going to bring in guys he trusted those two key positions. And I think Searles is going to do a good job down there for North Carolina. Uh, Brian Hess, head strength and conditioning coach. I mean, I saw a video with him and, man, loved it. I think he's a guy that, at least according to uh, Phil Longo, who coached under him and worked with him uh, at Sam Houston State, he just said, man, he's a great guy. He's a guy that is going to get the job done for you. He's a guy that players want to work hard for. He's a guy that's going to motivate and make people better. And I think bringing in a guy like Brian Hess that, I mean, you can just watch him in the video. You can, that, that boy lift, lifts weights. The guy is, is, a, is a certified freak looking. I mean, he's a big guy. And I think he's going to come in. was previously an Army, so has a little bit of familiarity with Jay Bateman as well. But I know Mac Brown said in a quote for the video they released for Brian Hess when he got unveiled about a week ago that he had heard so much from Bateman and Longo about him. And he said he thought he was bringing the best young strength and conditioning coach in the country. And that's what Carolina desperately needs. Like I mentioned to you, they kept A.J. Blue on staff, who huge Carolina guy. Players love him. Um, players always speak highly about him. I think that's going to help make that transition a little bit smoother. A guy that players can come to and A.J. Blue and talk to and, and make sure things are going well. A guy that cares about more than just football with his players. And then you got a guy like Brian Hess, like I mentioned, that's just going to come in and really develop players really going to push his guys to be better. And I'm just excited to see what Brian Hess can do. I think that was a great hire, a guy that a lot of people probably don't know a lot about. But from based on what I've seen, from what I've heard, and based on his previous coaching experience, I think I like bringing in a young guy, and I like bringing in a guy like Hess who's proven himself already and that's already done some really, really nice things at Army um, at Sam Houston State as well. So, a very, very solid hire there by Mac Brown, and excited to see how this Carolina football team uh, continues to develop uh, under a new guy like Hess. And then you got uh, Darren Moody, Sparky Woods, last two hires for North Carolina. They're the senior advisors to the head coach. Not exactly sure what that entails. They're probably going to be doing a lot of scouting, um, a lot of planning, a lot of video work, putting together tape, just doing a lot of those little things that some people might not think about and then some people might take for granted. I think it's going to be super important. And you want guys that you trust and guys that you have confidence in, even at a even at a, a staff position like senior advisor to the head coach. Uh, I think the only thing they really can't do is coach. So it's going to be more backroom stuff, uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes things, like I said, that's, that's super important uh, for any football team and coaching staff as well. But Daryl Moody, the first hire. Uh, Daryl Moody has been – um, he'd been coaching for 35 plus years, was previously a scout in the NFL uh, for a long, long time, uh, better part of two decades as an NFL 
doubt. He's actually been at Carolina three times previous. This is his third stint coming up. So he's been at Carolina two times previously. He's been the offensive coordinator at Tulane, at UNC in the past. I personally don't remember him being that, but he was. And, and Clemson as well. Um, he spent 11 seasons on the UNC coaching staff previously um, and eight years. Uh, eight of those years were under Mac Brown from 1988 to 1995. So he's a guy that he's familiar with. He's a guy that's up there in age. But for me, he's a guy that Mac Brown trusts. He's a guy that's done it and has been an elite coach at the elite level. So bringing him in to handle a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, scouting, game planning, I think is huge. So excited for that one as well. And then you've got the likes of Sparky Woods. Now, Sparky Woods, for me, without a doubt, has the greatest name on the Carolina football coaching staff. I mean, that just sounds like a football guy, Sparky Woods. I mean, come on, guys. That just sounds great. Love that name. He might be my favorite hire on this staff. But in all seriousness, Sparky Woods, um, previously at the University of Richmond, but Woods is a guy that has been a head coach at the at the highest level. Uh, he was a head coach at Appalachian State, South Carolina, VMI. Uh, previously, like I mentioned, he spent the last four years at Richmond. But he's been a college coach for over 40 years. And the th- UNC, coming to UNC, will be the 13th school uh, that, that Woods has coached at. He also spent a year on the New York Jets staff as well. So when you look at these two hires, Sparky Woods, Daryl Moody, they bring a ton of experience. And that's what you need for this backroom behind the scenes kind of stuff. You need guys that have been around the block. You need guys that are maybe going to be retiring in the next five, 10 years. You need guys that have that experience at every level, NFL, collegiate, high level of collegiate, low level of collegiate. They know the block. They know football. It's what they do. They live and breathe it. So I think these are two really solid hires. And the fact that Moody in particular was already connected to North Carolina is great. I like the fact that, I mean, if you look at this Carolina football staff, off the top of my head, Tim Brewster's been at Carolina before. Tommy Thigpen played at Carolina, coached at Carolina before. Um, Scott Boone been connected to Mac Brown for a long time. Dre Block played at Carolina. I mean, Carolina great. College football great. ACC great. Then you've got the likes of Lonnie Galloway, grew up in the state. There's no Mac Brown for a long time. Robert Gillespie has already been in Carolina, has already coached at Carolina for the past few years. And then you bring in guys like Searles, who's been around the block, been in the ACC at the highest level. Daryl Moody, who's been at Carolina before. And Sparky Woods, who's been a head coach in the state and around the state, Appalachian State, South Carolina. All these guys are so connected to not only North Carolina and the university, but they're connected to the surrounding areas and recruiting-wise. So, I mean... Looking at this staff that, that Mac Brown's put together, it, it's really, really solid. Like I mentioned, it's the best staff that he said he's put together in 30 years. Mac Brown said that yesterday in that video that I've mentioned. And I'm just really, really excited and looking forward to Carolina football. Not saying that it's going to lead to more productivity on the field. I think you'd be stupid not to think it would, but until it actually happens, until you actually see it, that's still up in the air and yet to be determined. But I don't think you could ask have asked for a better staff that Mac Brown's put together here over the past couple of months at Carolina. And man, I'm just excited to see how it grows and how this football program continues continues, excuse me, to develop because they're pulling in some really good recruits now. They're flipping guys. 
They're getting in-state guys to be a lot more interested in North Carolina. And it's only been, like I said, two months. He's only had a full staff for a day. So, I mean, only time will tell. But if I had to give Carolina and Mac Brown a grade on the staff he's putting together, it's an A. It's an A-plus for me. And like I said, until it's, the product changes on the field, it's it, everything's still kind of up in the air. But based on what he's done in the limited amount of time he's had and based on what he's done with the connections he has, the guys he knows across the country, I think Mac Brown's done a spectacular job. So uh, big shout out to Mac Brown. Kudos to Mac Brown for what he's done. And like I said, only time will tell, but it's going to be a fun, fun North Carolina football season next year. I can guarantee you that. And I can pretty much come on here right now and guarantee you that Carolina wins more than two or three games. I think we're, I think Carolina has a great shot to win eight, nine games next year. I'm not just saying that because of the staff. I mean, Carolina's got a lot of talent and they're bringing in some really good talent uh, as well in this class. So going to be exciting, but guys, that's going to do it for me. Hope you enjoyed uh, listening to the podcast. I was excited to be back on here. Always a great, great time. Going to continue to try to get one or two podcasts out a week. But we'll be at the Louisville game tomorrow, so make sure you follow me at Jacob Turner THI, and make sure you follow uh, us at Heel Illustrated for all the live updates, uh, pregame and postgame coverage from Chapel Hill tomorrow for UNC versus Louisville. Thank you, guys. Um, as always, I've said it all once. I'm going to say it again. Thanks for listening, and uh, go Heels.